Hello, welcome to this week's Therapy For Me. And after what was a fairly flat week last week, um, there are lots of things have, have popped up this week that I've found myself thinking about or wanting to talk about, which is uh, which is always a bonus. Um, some came about after a very enjoyable walk in, uh, in and out of Home Firth uh, through the week, and others have just been part of the news or things that have, have appeared on a, uh, you know, on a, on, on a Facebook timeline. Um, anyway, uh, we will, without further ado, get started, but only after a bit of that jangly guitar. <laughs> I posted a picture today on Instagram of uh, a cup of coffee, and I post pictures of coffee on Instagram quite a lot, uh, or, or not even coffee, just a drink, uh, as Sheldon Cooper would say, uh, of a hot beverage. Um, and I've been doing that for a while, and it wasn't just Instagram. I started doing it on Twitter um, years and years and years ago, and I think I've had a Twitter account for probably seven eight nine years something like that it might even be longer um and i started posting pictures in fact i ended up using twitter largely like instagram which is why i've kind of transitioned to instagram because my twitter feed was mainly pictures with short comments rather than um sort of you know politically based ranting though to be fair i probably could get back into doing that because i think i think i could probably find my way around to ranting on twitter quite a lot um but i when I post a picture of a drink, I use a hashtag, um, and I use the hashtag uh, show us your cuppa, uh, and I've used that all the time, so I use that on Twitter as well, and I used it again when I posted today, and um, it made me think that every, t- every time I post a picture with that hashtag, um, and, it, and it locates it, it says fewer than 100 posts which means that the only person who actually is using that hashtag is me, which is fine. I didn't start a, using it because I thought um, it would it would become a thing. Uh, I didn't expect to, you know, to go beverage viral. Um, but it, in thinking about it today, I thought, wouldn't it be quite nice if more people kind of, you know, did the same sort of, the same sort of thing and maybe we could actually get it trending. Now, I know the argument that Instagram is just full of people showing what they're eating and drinking, and that's fine. I get that. Uh, I don't fall out with it, though. Uh, I don't see it as the criticism that quite a few people level it out as. Uh, I'm quite comfortable uh, with my Instagram feed having a large amount of what I'm consuming at a point in time. Um, and what I, but what the the reason why I do it is because um, it's that kind of microblogging um, thing whereby when I look back through my timeline and I look back through my pictures, which I do, you know, every every couple of months I'll have a quick look, scan through the the, the 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 pictures, and it reminds me of places I've been. So you know, often you'll try and uh, I mean, okay, it, it wouldn't work if it was the same thing every day you know, in Starbucks, but if it's, if it's shared around and if it's different places and if it reminds you of places you you've been, then I'm quite, I'm quite a fan. I think it's quite a nice idea. So, um, the thing I thought I'd just sort of, as a thought, and cause it's floated around the head is, is to see if anybody fancied joining in with the, the, the show as your cuppa hashtag. So it's S H O W show us as in us, your Y O U R cuppa, C U P P A. 
uh, as a single as a single uh, hashtag, obviously. So if you fancy joining in, uh, it uh, I think that'd be quite nice. I think it'd be quite nice if we had a few weeks of of you know of of, of celebrating morning brews and mid afternoon brews and what have you, whether they be resplendent or whether they just be much needed. Um, so yes, that's my little my little thing I'm going to throw out for today and uh, to see if it it. It, I don't know, just to see if it resonates with anybody and, you know, maybe it will... In fact, do you know what? I'm expecting Ginger Gleds to do it. In fact, Ginger Gleds actually, um, he's forever posting beers. So maybe just slip that, you know, slip the has- hashtag in with your beers. That would work, Gleds, I think. Uh, anyway, show us your cuppa if you fancy getting involved. Tuesday. I recently connected with an old friend on Facebook and um, something appeared today that she'd posted that I then became absolutely transfixed by. So um, there was this post, and it just it just sat there, and it said it's proven to lower your stress levels by seventeen percent um, if you watch beavers eating cabbage. And then there was a video clip of a of a beaver. Uh, eating cabbage, no, no real surprise uh, in that. Now, obviously, you know, pet-based things to reduce your stress are nothing new, or animal-based things to reduce your stress, are nothing new. I don't imagine many people have pet beavers, um, but um, so the whole thing about, you know, having cats and stroking cats and is is you know is has long been good for your mental health and i'm sure it's the same having animals like that around so you know uh, giving affection to and spending time with animals yes i i appreciate is 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 well proven um but this was a this was obviously different this was a this was a video clip of a beaver munching away on cabbage and it was um and i don't even know i'm assuming it's real and it looks real enough but it had that slight look of CGI about it as well. It was a little bit reminiscent. If you've ever seen the gopher in Caddyshack, it was a little bit reminiscent of the gopher in 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 that film. Um, and uh, and I sat and I and I watched this video clip through about three or four times of this of this beaver just eating cabbage. And I'll put a link uh, to it um, on the on the show notes because. I don't know whether it lowered my stress. I don't know how you arrive at the fact that it lowers your stress by a particular percentage. I thought that was remarkable. Uh, that that not only do we know that it has a positive effect on your mental well-being, but it also does it by a factor of seventeen percent. But I can't deny that I smiled and rewatched and got you know engaged with this lovely little clip of of an, an animal just just having its lunch. Um, and I don't really know what else to say about it other than that, other than beaver eating cabbage has now become a, has now become a thing in my world. And I'm, I'm really pleased it has. Wednesday. Having talked last week about not really having any form of routine uh, going on in my life at the moment for the last um, couple of Wednesdays, and this this became the third Wednesday, I've walked uh, from home into Home Firth, um, had a coffee at a, a great coffee shop called Block and walked home because I've had um, a couple of podcasts to listen to before they they went out and were published. 
Um, so um, I'm still involved in, in working on a number of projects, and I like to listen to them before they before they go out. And uh, and as opposed, to, I'm not very good at listening to podcasts just sat still. I'm okay in the car, I suppose that is sat still, but I'm okay as a soundtrack to a car journey, uh, or I like to do it when I walk. So instead of just sitting at home and listening to them, I, think I might as well go out and get some fresh air. And it's about a three mile, um, you know, walk to, into into home Firth, and then a three mile you know, obviously a three-mile walk back, uh, as these things tend to work. Um, and and three things happened on the on the the journey, on the journeys to and from. In fact, they they all happened on the way back actually, um, which uh, I've then spent some time thinking about. The first thing is there's a, and I've noticed this for the last couple of weeks. There's a little community garden that's that's appeared in Home Firth on a piece of really just a piece of waste concrete. There must have been a building there at some point. Um, and there's this piece of this piece of ground. I think years ago it was actually a car park, but anyway, it's, it's just a piece of ground, and um, and some very you know wily people have created a community garden, and they've used things like tires and uh, building materials and bits of tubing to create um, places to plant. You know, so we've got we've got tomatoes and we've uh, and we've got various leaves and we've got apples and we've got all manner of things that have been grown in these various sort of um, contraptions is the wrong word. But these 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 things that have been built, all these things that have been deposited and filled with, you know, filled with earth and compost and, and what have you. And what they do is they then um the, 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 you've got a load of volunteers who go and help out just to keep it, it, it under control, and then they put the produce that's um, that you know that's um, that's grown. They just lay it out for anybody to take. And I, um, one of the um, guardians of a parent who uh, plays in the under eights football team that I coach, he's uh, he was there, and we were talking. And before I left, he said, "Oh, you must take some take something with you." So I brought some uh, cooking apples. Uh, back uh, with a view that we'll make a crumble or something over the weekend and I just thought you know what that's really nice it's a really nice project it's nice that people are there getting involved and helping and giving a little bit of time to make it happen um, it's a great use for a piece of land that probably would never have been used for anything else and the whole concept of just you can just pop along and you can you know take a few things off the wall thought that was thought that was great and and thought oh you know what I'll, I'll talk about that in the podcast lovely really like it I then carried on going, and um, and on the way back, I walked through a whole section of, um, of of pavement, and that was that was covered in leaves, and it was also um, full of conkers. Um, and and I remember being a kid where you you would never have seen this. You would never have seen lots and lots of conkers on the ground. Conkers never even naturally got to fall on the ground when I was a kid because we used to go where there were conquer trees near where we were and we used to literally throw things into the trees to get them down um so we never got as far because conkers were a real they were a thing and playing conkers was a thing and they were almost a, a playground currency um we we it was a case of we we went to try and get them because they never if they if it was a case of them falling to the ground and getting them then you would never get there in time to get any so I remember, you know, that conquer collection being a different kind of exercise and, and then to walk through and just have, you know, I could have picked up two or three bagfuls from the floor 
and they were fully, you know, um, I suppose ripe, I suppose, or developed or what have you, because they'd fought, they'd naturally fallen out of their shells and they were just there. And it got me thinking about, you know, conkers and, and the fact that it's it's largely disappeared. I've never, I've never done it with, with either of my kids. Um, we've never, you know, baked conkers or soaked them in anything. We've never done that, taken our lives into our, 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 into our hands to try and put holes through conkers in the way that we used to when we were kids. And it, it made me have a quick look online uh, and delve into the subject a little bit more. And, and it's, it's just something that's disappeared. It's a playground game that's just disappeared. There was a, there was a, a, a rumour in the early 2000s that it had been banned by the health and safety executive, but actually it, it, it was never the case. It's never been banned. It's yeah, I can see why there would be some fear that you would get hurt, but it's never been banned. And there are schools that have actually tried to have conquer competitions and actually try and reintroduce it as a playground game. Um, so that was something that I just I don't know why I got on the path of conquers, but it was quite interesting that I did. And it you know it's that thing that you think well maybe kids are missing out on some of these things. Um, you know, as we get them back from school and plug them in, uh, or they seem to plug themselves in so quickly. And then the final thing um, was I walked past um, the end of somebody's house and they'd, they'd put some tomatoes out for people to take. So very simple to the, similar to the first sort of thing. And we're seeing, I've seen a lot of this through the, the, you know, the lockdown of people putting things out that they don't want anymore or things they've grown or plants they've grown just for people to take, which I think is absolutely great i really really think it's a a, a nice and you know it's a nice comment on uh, on where community uh, has been for parts of the pandemic but what was amazing about this was and i posted a picture of this uh, on instagram was that they'd bagged them up and they'd included a recipe for chutney so that's because they were green they'd said look these are great for chutney but do you know what We'll bag them up into the required amounts and we're going to give you the recipe as well. So I arrived home with this bag with with the amount of tomatoes I would need plus the recipe for for, for making this chutney, which I'm now going to try and make over the weekend. So I just thought that the extra bit of thought and care that had gone into not only just bagging them up, but saying, Do you know what, here's something if you've never tried before, have a go at this and see what you think, which I just thought was wonderful. So... My walk home today, or my walk today, and my walk back today, has brought about three things and and made me think in in three different ways, and uh, and and really and really given me some hope and made me smile. Thursday. I have to apologise for a little bit of artistic license. Um, today's clip was um, meant to be the Beaver clip and was recorded for today and I'd originally recorded a piece uh, on Tuesday with regard to the um, the three-tier system the the fact that we were moving into this new far easier to understand but seemingly very complicated three-tier system Um, and I've had to change it in light of the fact that things have changed through the week and I wanted to have another crack at at the three-tier sort of comment um because it's developed into a bit of a north south thing um and it just i don't know i think everything that's wrong about what's going on with the lockdown and how we're reacting can kind of be captured and crystallized into what's happened this week so we have a three-tier system launched 
uh, on Tuesday uh, that already felt too late, uh, but was launched and it had already had been it had been all over the papers over the weekend. So it already been effectively leaked to the public before it was actually revealed in the house and then and then um, revealed to the public. And when it was revealed, you'd got one of the scientists effectively saying at the point it was revealed that we don't think this is going to be enough. We're not convinced this is going to work. So something's been it it's it's been debunked in in the point when it was actually being launched, which is absolutely crazy. Um, and then we have the situation where we have PMQs on uh, Wednesday and we have Keir Starmer coming out and saying, look, I think we need a circuit break. I don't th- I don't think this is going to work. I think we need something more to actually put us a little bit more in control. And during that PMQs, you've then got the Prime Minister doing what he's been doing for the last few weeks, which is just literally pouring scorn on the opposition for not effectively standing there and saying that the, what the government is doing is brilliant. Actually doing what an opposition is supposed to do, which is question, and to actually point out things, alternative ways of doing things. So we then get this ridiculous situation of, oh, well, the opposition are, are unpatriotic or the opposition need to need to just you know get behind us and support us, all their national interests, blah, 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 blah. And then at the same time effectively saying, you know, the Prime Minister is effectively saying, well, a circuit break isn't, you know, isn't the thing. Get behind the thing that we're doing. Um, so he suddenly, he on Wednesday, he sets himself up for a potential future U-turn by essentially saying, actually, by essentially dis- disagreeing with what the leader of the opposition is saying. Then we have the nonsense today of the fact that the, you know, the northern mayors, the, particularly Andy Burnham, but we've got the metropolitan mayors, um, who are all saying, well, look, if you're going to put my area into tier three, we need more support because a lot of us have been in an advanced state of lockdown for a long period of time and it's not worked. And if you make us close hospitality and you have this effect on business and you have no plan for opening up further down the line, then there needs to be some economic support. Otherwise, when we come to open up again, what will be left will be a fraction of what we went into the tier three state with, which I think is a perfectly reasonable, uh, you know, thing to ask. And what is becoming more and more evident is is those those mayors of, you know, Sheffield and South Yorkshire and of of, of Manchester and of Liverpool and all these areas, um, they're they're saying, well, actually, a circuit break probably would be a good idea if we could do a circuit break. If we've got two or three weeks where we close this down. And we've got the, the the opportunity with the school holiday to do that. Then maybe we wouldn't have to go for a more aggressive form of lockdown when we come back out. Maybe we can stop it in its tracks to a certain extent. We can put the brakes on, and then we then we can actually work out some form of normal after that that will allow they won't have the same economic hit because everybody could get a work, get over a two week thing rather than an open ended ended close. 
So if that ends up being the thing we end up doing, and I do think we're probably going to end up with a circuit break at some point because it makes sense, it's the common sense thing to do, then the thing that the Prime Minister poured scorn on on Wednesday, he's going to U-turn and end up doing. And this is the bit I don't understand. Why are we playing politics on a daily basis when we've been doing this for over six months? We could have built in a circuit break in the in the in that holiday we could have built in this half term circuit break in the summer we could have told we could have made the case and said you look do you know what we know infection rates are going to go up when we when we we start to get into flu season and we know they're going to go up when the universities go back and the schools go back so let's build in a break point so that everybody's aware of it and understands it and knows it's coming so that there isn't the same jolt and there isn't the same thing of the message is changing day by day. You could build. You could have built in too. We could have built a, a you know, a, a circuit break the week before Christmas as well, to have the same effect. And we could have done these things on a more leisurely basis. And yet we seem to be going day to day, and I just don't understand it. Friday. So it's Friday afternoon and I've just looked at a BBC headline uh, saying that um, the UK effectively is pulling out of trade talks with the EU, that we've pretty much decided that they're not going to go anywhere and effectively we are now uh, hurtling towards a no-deal Brexit. Um, I'm not going to focus for too long on this because I could do 20 minutes, half an hour, I could rant for quite a while on this thing. Um, But I'm intrigued by how far we've come because less than a year ago we haven't we had an oven ready deal ready to go we've been promised a seamless transition we've been promised a brexit dividend we've been promised all sorts of things secure future for the nhs and yet we are where we are now with walking away because in reality the club that we didn't want to be in anymore doesn't want to bend over backwards and let us have all the benefits of membership without actually paying any of the dues. Um, And I know it's far more, I know it's not as simplistic as that, but I can't believe, because that's the message that's that's going to be peddled. The message that's going to be peddled is, it's the EU's fault. And it absolutely isn't. It's absolutely our fault. And it's the failure of... um, of, of people not understanding what they were voting for and of a lot of people who will become very wealthy misleading um, the public because they're the ones that aren't going to ultimately suffer when things start to go catastrophically wrong in the new year. And this will have a long, long tail. But I'm not... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to harness that and I'll, I'll, I'll get angry at another point in time and, and leave it because... I want to finish by saying that Martin Quibell, uh, known as Marv to his friends, um, invited me to be a guest on his podcast this week. And he has a podcast um, where he talks to people who are involved in the production of other podcasts. And he's listened to the podcast that I um, I do with Steve Hogarth, the Corona Diaries podcast. And on the back of that, he asked me if I would come on his show and talk a little bit about that and the other things that I've been involved in. So the 942 podcast with Jason Hunt and obviously with the Therapy for Me and also the On Brand With podcast that I do with uh, with Deborah, Deborah Ogden. So um, 
We recorded that interview um, yesterday. Uh, we ended up talking for about uh, an hour and a half, um, which I think probably surprised him a little bit. Apologies, Mark, for banging on quite as long as I banged on. Um, but it was really nice. It was really um, it was really great to, to, to get the opportunity to talk about something that is, is becoming more and more part of my life and something I'm really enjoying. Um, and it turns out that he's... You know, he lives in Newark and um, he's uh, knows a lot of the, you know, areas that uh, I know and obviously grew up fairly close to Newark. And it was really nice to, to get the opportunity to, to sort of, you know, take somebody who I'd known as a name on a piece of social media and actually to talk to and spend and, and spend a little bit of time with. So thanks again, Marv, because it was uh, it was absolutely, uh, absolutely great. And I'll let everybody know when it comes out, if you if you fancy listening to it. Um, and I'm going to call it a day for that because if I get back onto the Brexit topic, I'll go absolutely bonkers. So um, we'll we'll I guess we'll leave it there for this week because it's, it's already turning quite it's turning to quite a long long episode. We're 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 going to hit the 25 minute point, which is the first time I've done that for a little while. Um, but I hope you've got something from it. Um, and don't forget. Um, shows your cuppa if you fancy doing that um you know get involved on instagram that would be that would be great in the meantime stay safe uh and i'll talk to i'll talk to you all next week if you've enjoyed therapy for me then please subscribe and share as you see fit this has been an a short stories production